welcome back. I'm Professor Flimflam, she's Wonko, and this is episode one of the all-new A Bard's Eye View podcast, looking, uh, taking an affectionate look back at Xena Warrior Princess, episode by episode. So today we're going to be looking at episode one of season one, Sins of the Past. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 is that you trying to do the, that. Is that you trying to do the yeah. theme music? Yeah, imagine that was better. Yeah, okay, I will imagine that. In my mind <laughs> in my mind it'll be better. Um <laughs> cool. And obviously the the amazing theme music of this podcast is played by you. Yeah. Um you haven't at at the time of recording you haven't actually played it yet. We're going to slot that in afterwards. Yes, the, so I'm going to imagine music, The amazing music will have been played by me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and imagine that the music cool. that you produce for this, for the theme music, is going to be better than what you just did. <laughs> Good, yeah. Let's go with that. Good. Let's maybe even edit it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Sins of the Past, right? Pilot episode. I don't know if it was a pilot episode, but we'll call it a pilot episode. First episode of Xena uh, proper after her introduction yes. in the frankly terrible Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, you know, I, I feel bad. Actually, I feel slightly bad after our last after last week when we slagged off Hercules so much. I haven't really yeah. watched any of it. I don't know if the show was crap or not. I just assume it was because Kevin Sorbo is a fucking dumpster fire of a human being. It, well, it was kind of it had the same production values and the same um, painstaking eye to historical historical accuracy as Cena <laughs> did, but it but it didn't on the whole have um, Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor. Um, yeah. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, it, it it doesn't hold up against its um, younger and infinitely more attractive sister. That's true. I would say. And speaking of infinitely attractive, the very opening scene of mm. a little smooth link there, by the well way. Well done. Good segue. Um, the the opening scene kind of. I think there are several things about this episode that that set the tone for this is how this show is going to be. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing is. The landscape. So we have this um, mist strewn across a mountainous landscape and um, dark, twisting, mis- mysterious trees. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful opening shot, uh, commissioned quite possibly by the New, New Zealand Tourism Board, because as we all <laughs> know, uh, all of the whole thing was filmed um, in New Zealand uh, back, back in the 90s. Mm. Um, and you can tell this partly because of the, the landscapes and the variety of landscapes because New Zealand has every kind of climate and you know habitat imaginable mm-hmm. and you can also tell it from many of the accents yeah um, that, that, that come through <laughs> the many many in, in many bit, many yeah. many Kiwi background yeah. actors but it, don't but it even really try spe- to do a different accent but it is a really <sighs> spectacular opening scene and and it does it does set the tone because the landscape is is so gorgeous and so rich that it you know it, it you're aware of it all the way through the, yeah. the show i think yeah uh, i think this is one of the obviously hercules and the hercules tv movies were all filmed in new zealand as well mm-hmm. um but i think this is one of the first like, really big american productions that was exclusively filmed in new zealand and obviously we're very used to things filming in new zealand now Sure. Um, because of the Lord of the Rings, yeah, uh, and the Hobbit, which I think were actually really terrible for the New Zealand film industry. I saw a, uh, you should watch Lindsay Ellis's Hobbit trilogy, um, 
on YouTube if you're interested in how um, the New Zealand film industry has been impacted by American productions taking root in there. I am. I am interested in that. Yeah. Lindsay oh. Ellis, should we, put, should we put a link to that? Are we going to put show notes somewhere, do you think? <clears throat> I don't know, because we're... <laughs> I'm experimenting with this podcast. I'm experimenting with professionalism. Uh, okay. And having... And we're actually having a proper host, not okay. just sticking it up on a free SoundCloud account and then <laughs> linking to it on Tumblr, which is what we did for our old podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I I will I personally will link it to you. But if the gentle right. listener has not seen it, just search Lindsay Ellis Hobbit on YouTube, and you will get. Well, we can we can we can tweet it if if nothing else. If we if yeah we yeah oh god yeah I've got, got a Twitter, Twitter account. account I've got a Twitter account yeah. I forgot about that yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll be badgering you about the Twitter account later. Don't worry. Yeah yeah that's it. that's how we'll end every podcast. Follow us on Twitter, please God. Yeah. Um, so okay. well, re- regardless of of what of what major um, movie pictures have done to the film industry in, in New Zealand, th- mm-hmm. this was, as you say, this was kind of the early days of it. Yeah. Um, so we so we have this um, this gorgeous scene. It looks to me as if it's in the Southern Alps. I will be patronising you with little insights about New Zealand because I I did live there for a year. Um, actually, towards the end of the time that that Zena was being filmed um, during the, the last season. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be um, dropping condescending little remarks in here and there, which is like, is very much my oeuvre. Yeah. So so far, you've name dropped two different countries other than the one of your birth that you have lived in. So you're basically just mm-hmm. a typical sort of white European thinks you can go anywhere you like sort of thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Bloody colonialist. Dear. Anyway, so beautiful landscape, right? Okay, uh, I had said that we we're going to try and make these episodes about thirty minutes, and we've—I think—we've managed to spend about five of them insulting each other and saying that the landscape was nice. So we'd better speed up. That's how it goes. Yeah, crack on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, get... through, so through the mist against yeah. the wail of the Thracian bagpipe, um, <laughs> here comes this magnificent woman on horseback, mm. um, and and that's that's our introduction proper to to Zena. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, she rides through another uh, one of the little villages that she has wrecked in her time as an evil person. Mm. Um, And we have a bunch of flashbacks. We get a nice little flashback uh, to some of the scenes that they shot for Hercules of her being evil. Just in case. And you could tell she was evil because her her shoulder pads on her armour were spiky. Yeah, that's what made her evil. and now yeah. her shoulder pads are uh, all of her armor is much more swirly and slightly more feminine, which makes her good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she comes across a little boy, little Kiwi boy with an amazing, uh, amazing acting ability. Oh, you said we were sorry in between when we weren't recording. She did say that yeah. I wasn't supposed to make fun of child actors. Well, no, we can we can make we can make gentle fun of them, but to just kind of you know let's let's remember that they were that they were kids and they probably had no acting experience. And, Whatever, uh, you know. Whatever. But having said having said that, my my notes here say, oh no, it's a child with a bad accent. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, "Where are your parents, kid?" And he says, "Oh, they were killed by Xena, the warrior princess." And she's like, bad "Oh no, the them. guilt." So uh, in my notes I have written, they were killed by exposition, the flashback scene, which um, amused <laughs> they were, me They were hugely. killed by exposition. Yeah, and then she, uh, out of guilt, uh, he asks her for some food and she immediately says no, obviously, because she's like, excuse me, my horse has got to eat. But when she realises that she's responsible for orphaning him, 
she gives him half a wheel of cheese, which he looks very delighted about. Yeah, yeah. I said her, her evil legacy haunts her, so she gives him some bread and half a camembert. Yeah, uh, and he looks delighted about it. To be honest, he looks like how you how you look like when nice people cheese, give you actually. cheese. Yeah. When people give you cheese, you you have a very similar <laughs> lo- sort of look on your face. I love it when people give me cheese. And you didn't, you um, didn't, uh, they didn't even need to orphan you before you give them it, or before no. they give you it. No, that was an unnecessary step, as it turned out. <laughs> 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 uh, Save everyone a lot of heartache. Just yeah, give you the boy just, some cheese. You could have just given him the cheese without murdering his parents. <laughs> so sickened at herself, uh, her her history and the the carnage she's wrought Zena buries her weapons and her armour and decides to to go about the rest of her life in a dirty white petticoat yeah like okay I've got I I want to discuss this actually right because obviously the symbolism is very like not subtle Yeah, you know she's burying the the trappings of her old life and her warrior ways and so on right the sins of the past the sins of specifically the sins of the past yeah right so (laughs) but but do you could there be more to it? Do you think she was trigger warning? Do you think she was like maybe planning to end it all there? Because I think there's a hint of that. Um, isn't that funny? That's never occurred to me. Well, you see, the reason why but, it yeah, occurs probably. to me, the reason why it yeah. didn't occur to me, is because if we ever get to this point, if we ever get to the stage, right? Yeah. Uh, in season six. <laughs> oh, that's a long way off. <laughs> So in season six, uh, a couple of episodes were written by Melissa Good, who is who was a fanfic writer who the showrunners hired to yeah. write a couple of episodes for them. Yeah, not classics, I have to say, but um, harsh. I w- well, they're not. Can you remember what they are? No, and it's a long time since I've watched that, that exactly. last series. I know the early series much better. Exactly, so not classic episodes, right? But I was just yeah. I was having a quick look to see um, what they, which episodes they were, and yeah. what they were like. So I was reading one of the quotes from it, um, which heavily implies that before she met Gabrielle, she was basically ready to end it all, and that Gabrielle okay. had sort yeah. of saved her yeah. from this by redeeming her, you know helping her down the path of redemption and yeah. whatever. Um, so maybe, maybe not. I mean, she did leave the horse with its saddle on, which would be a very cruel thing to do if you were going to leave the horse, if you were going to abandon the horse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and she does love her horse. So... The horse, which at this point has no name. I don't yeah, think no the name horse. Yeah. for several episodes. Yeah, we'll horse have to no name. keep our eye out for when the horse is named. Yeah. And yeah. it is, it's a different horse almost every time for a little while. Yeah, you know they, they. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know there yeah, was so, some. So I, yeah, maybe, yeah, but but there's a definite casting uh, intention of casting off that old life in a, in a very literal sense. So the the armor yeah. and the the weapons. Um, she buries them in uh, a very shallow grave. She covers them with um, bark chippings. Yeah, it's bark chip like types from, that you would get at a garden center. Yeah, I was going to say from <laughs> I can't remember what the New Zealand version of. <laughs> Home base. Would Bunnings. Be. Do they have Bunnings in New Zealand, or is that just Australia? Oh, I can't remember. I'll have to go back. Long oh no, wait, ago. I can't. Yeah, no, they wouldn't let you in. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're basically banned. Moment. We're basically banned from every sensible country in the world. Yeah. Fair enough. They should have done uh, it. Yeah. Years so, ago. She, so, 
buries the weapons, and then we cut to... Hang on, this isn't Xena at all. These are some random people. Yeah, then we cut to basically standard Xena villain um, sort of behaviour, which is rounding up some people from a village to sell them as slaves. Kind of rent-a-thug. Yeah, yeah, these guys, right? And, um, And lo and behold, we meet our second protagonist, Gabrielle, who is... Um, she very bravely says, "Take me and let the others go," which I think works as a as a solution if you haven't already captured everyone already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like take me and let the others go, like or just take everyone because I've already captured all of you. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a moment there when 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 Gabrielle says, "Take me." If you watch it back and then cut, it cuts to Xena and she sort of raises an eyebrow. She's like, I don't mind I'm if sure I do. It, I know. I'm sure it's, hmm, this kid's got spunk. But um, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a plucky kid. But um, yeah, and the um, subtext there as well. And, and this is this is what puzzles me, actually. When I said before, she, she buries all her kit and goes forth in her white nightdress petticoat thing. Yeah. She's hiding by not even standing behind a bush in a white <laughs> shift or whatever it is. And no one sees her. Yeah, she's totally That's invisible. She That's how good she is. Yeah. And we see later, actually, some of her amazing powers of being remaining undetected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With these same guys, actually. Maybe these guys are just really thick. I think that's quite like. I think they probably are actually. Um, I quite, I quite like this as an introduction to Gabrielle as well, though, because you see straight away she's different. She, you know, yeah. everyone's wearing drab colours, and she's wearing this blue top. Yeah, uh, she looks different. She's sparky. She's being noble, and she's also trying to talk her way out of trouble. And that's kind of again sets the tone for this is what this girl does. She, she, yeah. At this point, at least, she talks before she. Before she thinks, yeah, and before she thinks, and she's also, you know, she's brave, and she's yeah. also, she's also very audibly different because she's the only person with a genuine American accent in the entire cast, um, and the only one in her family who has that accent because the rest are all Kiwi actors and yes. don't even bother trying. Like well, Lissi, she does say she's different. Yeah, like Lissy Lawless is Kiwi, but she does do an American accent for her role as Xena. And it's a decent one, I think. You can tell, I think you can still tell sometimes, but... It's, it's yeah, it's decent and it gets better over the Gets over better the over series. time, yeah. Um, yeah. When she's, it, it, especially when she's trying to sound sensitive, she does, it does slip a little bit. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but uh, Renny O'Connor, uh, who plays Gabrielle, is a genuine American from Texas, I believe. She is from Texas. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so she's very audibly different. Now, what I noticed here, and I've got this in my notes, when Xena steps out of the bushes in order to stop yeah. Gabrielle from being whipped by this idiot. Yeah. Um, and she grabs him by the hand and stops him doing the whipping, right? Mm. If you if you watch carefully, I think Gabrielle's mum sort of looks her looks this half-naked woman up and down and sort of purses her lips in a sort of... Mm. I like the look at this, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> which in a appraising sort of way, in or? a sort of like no, in a sort of like you know, in the way that I would look a half naked Lucy Lawless up and down. Oh yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, seriously, seriously, like you know, so Gabrielle on. gets it from her mother, basically. Yeah, like mother, like daughter is the the note I have made. 
Um, which uh-huh. is uh, fair. Quite fair, really. Um, and then, obviously, <laughs> there's our first, the Xena's first big fight scene, which I think is quite a good one. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely iconic. It's got yeah. everything we're going to see over the next mm-hmm. six years. We've got Defying Gravity long before... <laughs> long before Elphaba. Ever, th- ever, ever thought of doing the same. Yeah. We've, we've got instant reflexes. Mm-hmm. We've got just absolute um, denial of all physics. Yep. We've got some real comedy moments. Mm-hmm. We've got bullshit with a chakram. So the chakram, again, if you don't know what the chakram is, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> the chakram is... Xena's magic razor-sharp frisbee Yep, that acts like a boomerang a bit, yep. kind of. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's razor-sharp on the edges, but she can also just hold except it really Except when easily. she catches it. Yeah, Yeah, except when she catches yeah. it, and except when she sort of twirls it on her fingertips as a joke. Oh, God, yeah. that would <laughs> You'd have mints, wouldn't you? You'd have a yeah. finger made of mints. But yeah, it's uh, and also it can either it will either slit your throat or knock you out depending on what the plot requires. Requires, yeah. yeah. Like you can throw. So it. yeah, it's it's got it's got everything in there. It's got her taking on multiple attackers at, at one time. It's mm-hmm. got it's got people queuing up politely to tackle her. Yep. It's you know it's it is the definitive. <laughs> yep, and uh, it's the definitive even got fight scene. Gabrielle gets in trouble, so Xena throws her a staff. Yes. It's even got that, which is and, amazing. <laughs> and importantly, well, importantly for, for me, because I'm a nerd, it's the first time we hear in this series the Xena battle music. So it's got a really yeah. distinctive um, fight fight music that, that we're going to hear over and over again. And you know when you hear that music, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. You know, if you like violence. and Which we do, violence. obviously. Which we do. Yeah. And Xena <laughs> really enjoys it as well. She's so happy when she's doing this fight oh, she's there's, there's laughing a few she's laughs. smiling oh, like she's laughing brilliant. like a crazy person it's really good yeah she's, she obviously, she's enjoying herself all right the idea of her giving up violence which is what she'd planned to do like two minutes previously it's clearly a non-starter for yeah her, isn't it? <laughs> what, what, what was i thinking <laughs> it's quite obviously a non-starter because like if there's anyone built for this for this life it, it clearly is her she loves it yeah so she needs to yeah. channel it properly, right? That's what she needs to do. And that is, in fact, what she does for the rest of the series. So It is. Yeah, a really good And so the fight opener. sequence, that fight sequence ends with her kind of putting putting the, the raiders to, to rout and identifying the source of them. She lifts up the little rag tied on, on the guy's shoulder and realises he's sent by Draco, mm-hmm. who we're going to hear more of, says... Yep. Say hello to Draco. Tell him Xena sent you. And then we're into one <laughs> nice of the accent. best opening sequence. Thank you very much. It's as good as good as the next Kiwis. Um, <laughs> I think into one of the best opening sequences I've I've seen on on telly. Yes, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. It's got everything. Yeah, it is a. Really, do you want to, do you want to really talk good. a bit about that? Uh, okay, sure. Uh, so we've got the whole um, voiceover. You know the the iconic. In a time of ancient gods, warlords, and kings. And those are basically your three main antagonists in any yeah. Xena episode, to be honest. Pretty much. Yeah. No, but you talk about it, because you've got more to say, I think. Okay. A, a land in turmoil cried out for a hero. Yeah. 
So and we were going the, to name this se- podcast a land in turmoil crowd out for a podcast, but there already is a Xena podcast named that. So <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we have not listened we went to through it, several iter- iterations. Yeah, we had to we, we had to we, Google a few different ones to see if other podcasts were called it, and unfortunately they all were. And the the one that we yeah. were going to use the power the power the, the passion, passion the, the podcast. podcast that already is a podcast and it's not even a Xena podcast. Like, what, what is wrong with them? How dare outrageous. they? Outrageous. Uh, so what? Let me tell. Let me tell you what I like about about the opening sequence. So it's got everything in it that we're going to see over the next six years. You start with that stunning landscape. They're coming into mm-hmm. the, um, the 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 sort of headland, this rocky headland. So we've got beautiful sea, beautiful scenery. We've got this really startling music. That this kind of um, Eastern European wailing pipes um, mm-hmm. going into the, the heavy drums, going into this odd, odd rhythm that's just a bit unsettling. Um, so you've got this gorgeous scenery. You've got fights. You've got some really good fighty fight moments. Um, you've got the impossible physics. You've got moody flashbacks to when she was a baddie and had pointy shoulder, bla- shoulder, shoulder blades, yeah. um, shoulder pads and, and wore a red dress because she was a seductress. Mm. Um, you've got little tender moments that for a long time everyone thought was Zena and Gabrielle hugging. It's actually Gabrielle actually and her Zena. sister hugging. Gabrielle but, and her sister, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, and it all ends up with that thousand watt smile, Lucy Lawless, I mean Zena, twirling a sword and that great beaming smile on top of a cliff actually powering yeah. most of New Zealand's solar industry <laughs> um, and then it finishes you get the you get the, the logo the ident across it but you've still got the reflection on wet sand of her on horseback moving forward so it's just it's a masterpiece it's great, I have isn't done it? I have done but yeah, yeah it's I think it's it's fantastic um piece of of, of kind of editing those clips together and driving mm. it forward. Love it. Yeah. And they do, I think, in season six, they do change the, the clips that they have, I think, eventually. For years and years mm. and years, it's all these like early first season clips. So the only time you ever see Gabrielle, she's in her, her really early outfits. Gabrielle changes outfits like six or seven times over the course of the series. Um, yeah, I think I think we need a Gabrielle... Um, Gabrielle watch yeah how yeah, yeah like basically like you can track how old an episode of Zena is by how much skin you can see on Gabrielle so in these really yeah, early things hair, you can see how long yeah, hair is that's true in these really early yeah. episodes you can see her hands and her face and that's it right she's pretty much completely covered up she's got a long dress long yeah. skirt long top um and then she just gets fewer and fewer clothes as time goes on and I think corresponding to how sort of ripped the actress got you know, she did do a lot of work in the gym when she was on Xena, I think, yes. and she got ended up with some abs. <sighs> Gab's abs. Gab's abs. Very famously, and, Gab's yeah, abs. And, yeah. Yeah. But, but also, <laughs> there, there's obviously that thing about Gabrielle, the character, becoming more independent, becoming more confident. And obviously um, that means having fewer clothes, yeah. Well, it's it's quite hard to fight in a dirndl. I don't know if you've ever tried. <laughs> Funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay so but, but yeah that's that's one that is like you say that's one of the things that that shows her progress as a as, a, as an independent young woman yeah uh yeah. so we've covered approximately seven minutes of the episode cool cool <laughs> and that is and, that, I've and written, that's time yeah no i've written four pages of notes for this episode right and the 
everything up to and including this point is a full page. So <laughs> okay, um, that's clearly the intro. We had a lot to say, but I think obviously the the yeah. intro to any TV series like this is this particular intro, and up to mm. the theme music was more important than most, wasn't it? Obviously, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long episode. intro as well. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long intro, teaser. Yeah. Um, so then we come back from the theme music to Gabrielle basically um, interviewing Zena. Uh, and like demand making demands many questions about um what she's up to but the family and the the townspeople want her gone because they've heard of her and she's got a bad reputation so they want to get rid of her almost instantly yeah that there's there's a recurring theme as as we go through the first the first series certainly of, mm-hmm. of people realizing it's Zena and saying we just want you to go we just Thank, thank you for saving us. And that, thank you that for cool saving all, us, but, but please fuck off. Can you just fuck off now? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, which to be oh, fair, yeah, you this, know, she does have... This podcast will contain swears. Yeah, sorry, we already did that. Um, this That wasn't the first one. <laughs> no, I don't notice them anymore. <laughs> no, why would you? But yeah, so the, the, one, of the, one of the things that Gabrielle says to Zena when she's kind of badgering her and ha- hanging on to her and pestering her, um, and being a bit starstruck, she says, you've, you've got to take me with you. Teach me everything you know. And we're going to hear those lines again yes. later on. So just note that. You've got, to, you've got to take me with you. Teach me everything you know. And yes. I think Zena has much to teach young Gabrielle, to be fair. And, and vice versa. Da, da, da. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so the other thing Insightful. that we have in this particular moment, we have the original uh, Perdicus casting, Perdicus being her fiance, betrothed. Um, betrothed. Yeah, we will see him again a couple farm of times. Boy. Yeah, farm boy. We'll see him again a couple of times in the future, but with a new casting, because obviously once they realised they wanted him to be a real character and not just a block of wood, they had to cast yes, someone then, who then could they, speak. Then they got a Don, Donny Osmond lookalike. In yeah, later. yeah, they got someone with teeth, with, with very yes. white teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then. Um, Obviously, Zena's like, no, you're not coming with me. And Gabrielle's thinking to herself, we'll fucking see about that, pal. Uh, and the <laughs> note that I've made here is, stalking is an entirely valid way to meet a life partner. Which... <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much... The note, the note I've got is that poor, hapless wood chip um, Perdicus says something like let's go Gabrielle and she turns on him and yeah. says just because we're betrothed doesn't mean you can boss me around says Gabrielle bossing him around <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just shuffles off lamely yeah he just <laughs> takes it doesn't he yeah he just takes it yeah <laughs> so yeah so the next thing is next Cena goes off by herself right uh, yeah. and next thing is that she goes to find uh, Draco who obviously we had um, heard of. Draco the Warlord, who commissioned Draco the, warlord. the snaffling of slaves, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and so we're introduced to Draco with his shirt off. Um, and he's having... And I have to say, yeah. <laughs> even as a lesbian, he wears it well, the no shirt. Yeah, I have got on my notes here, can we talk for a minute about how hot Draco is? Like, I am as lesbian Jay as he comes, but Jesus Christ, this guy is sex Jay on life. is a... Very, very pretty man indeed. He is so attractive, and in this extremely, yeah. uh, even as Draco, who is technically an evil character, like you can definitely see the attraction. Like there, there is a. Oh, he's a, a charming sort of, rogue, Draco. A hundred percent, you know. Like there's, he he fancies Zena and wants to join up with her in more ways than one. 
Yes. And I definitely think there is an attraction there, like from her point of view. It's just that she knows yeah, that this, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, that's history, isn't there? Yeah, this is a this he represents the path that she doesn't want to go down anymore. But if she did, it would be a pretty you know, she she's done it before. Like we eventually over the course of many series of this show we meet all of the other warlords that she has at some point done this with, you know. So she Dina knows how had a busy time. She did have a busy time in her past. Um yeah. but yeah, so we're introduced to Draco, right, with his shirt off, looking hot. Uh and he has got people he's got candidates for his to join his army, shooting arrows at him, and he's catching the arrows in the air, which is something we see Xena doing. So he's ex- yes. he's set up, unlike many of the warlords of the week, he's set up yeah. as actually extremely competent. He's he's you know. almost almost an equal. Yes, not, exactly. Not uh, quite, because obviously the Xena, but he's yeah, he's yeah, of but her he's he's set up as being someone of her caliber. Like he's got multiple mm-hmm. like units in his army. They're not just a band of thugs. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and he does event, He does let one of them into the army, and the one that he lets in is the one who managed to draw blood on him. You know, so it's yeah. the, it's a slightly slightly not what you expect, ever so slightly. Yeah. So he's set up as a very intelligent. He's got good tactics. Uh, he's hot. He's Joe. <laughs> uh, he was. Um, I've just remembered. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Jay Lagaya used to do. Um, I don't know if he still does. Probably not because he does more acting now. But he used to do stand up. So he. Did he? he yeah, yeah. Cool. I used to, I used to see him on quite a lot of comedy things yeah. uh, when I lived in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> I might have to do a little jingle for for that when I lived yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, when so I, I lived I think, in New Zealand, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think some of that comes through that that energy. He's he's yeah. a really charismatic yeah. character, but he's he's. I love the way he, he plays him. He's a pretty good actor as well, and he's um. You probably I don't know if you've ever seen these films, uh, but he may be best known to international audiences for his role in the three Star Wars prequels. Um, you know, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and the other one, Revenge yeah. of the Sith. He the, the, the other he, one. The other one. Yeah. The other one, as George no, Lucas likes it to be. No, the other to. one, the, the one that was actually the best of the three, the other one. Um, yeah. yeah, he played it. He had a smallish role in that. Yes. Um, yeah, and no, a I, lot I, of I, I the, clocked him as I've been yeah. been watching as as in fact you know you you know I have seen these because I'm I'm watching them at the moment. Um, but yeah, I did I clocked him the other day when I was watching it. So, oh, there's Draco. Nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, that is literally going, every oh, time. There's, there's Rick Griffin. Yeah. Anytime I anytime I uh, I do see this guy, I think oh, there's Draco because he's just Draco. Yeah. He's just Draco yeah. for me forever. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. I think we fangirled over Draco for long enough. You think so? Well, I've got a question, yeah. right? My question yeah. is this, right? So we see in this episode, like this is a this is the first uh, Warlord of the Week episode, okay? Yeah, this is a frequent enemy of Xena, just random Warlord guys, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and I want to know what the deal is with Warlords, right? Because here's my question: we've got a new war, we've got a new Warlord every week, right? And their business model is extremely questionable, right? Because like, <laughs> <laughs> what is what is because th- oh, this is what Xena did when she was a warlord. She went and burned villages and killed random people for no reason. Why? Yes. What yes. is their goal? Okay. Shits and giggles. Yeah, it does seem to be that that is it for shits and giggles, right? So, like, they, they mm. form an army and they rampage around the the very the countryside, burning villages and killing farmers. Why? 
What is their goal? None of them have a goal, right? This is what I've, this is what I've noted, and it is. It it would seem to me that once you had like a critical mass of warlords in a valley, um, there just would be no one. Li- <laughs> <laughs> there surely would just be no one living there anymore. You know, because the they the would have killed them all. Floor. The other major flaw in their business model is they'd have a, a bloodthirsty, competent warlord would inevitably have an absolute dullard of an incompetent boob of a, of a second-in-command. Which Draco does, yeah. Yeah. Hector. Yeah. yeah. The man's an yeah, idiot. His name is. Yeah. yeah. The, the man is an and idiot. That, and, that's, and that's something we see repeated again and again and again, and they never learn. Yeah. Um, although some of these warlords were intended to... I think that some of the warlords are possibly intended to be potentially turn goodable, if you see what I mean. Hmm, what's that's not a word. Redeemable. Yes. Like Drake Draco yeah, re- is one. Yeah. Um, and then the very next episode we see, we've got another one. And you can tell yes. which warlords are redeemable and which aren't, because the ones that are redeemable have good teeth. Okay. <laughs> All of the other warlords, the ones that are evil. They put the prosthetic, disgusting teeth in. Oh yes, Phys- watch out for defect. this physical defect as um, signifier of evil. No, it's it's you don't brush your teeth as signifier of evil. Okay. And we know okay. from we know from various Cena fanfics over the years that the way that they brushed their teeth in the olden days was to chew on bark and then mint, and that's how you got past the whole kissing would be really disgusting okay. in this world. <laughs> now on 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 that topic, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over a couple of scenes because okay. um, with you know time time's winged whatnot is doing its thing. Whatever. Um, <laughs> the, there's a scene where so Zena um, kind of tricks a cyclops who she's previously um, yeah blinded. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Gabrielle, following Xena, comes across this this cyclops, and she comes out with the with the amazing line: "She will hire me to be your assassin. I'll go. And let me free. Let me go. I'll go and find Xena and kill her." Yeah. Um. And and she says, Gabrielle says she'd never let a man get close enough to do her. <laughs> At least not Which, that kind of do yes. her. <laughs> And she actually does say, and she says, "Not that kind of doer," which I was kind of surprised at. <laughs> they're quite, quite knowing. Yeah, no, I do have these so, scenes in my notes as well because I think they're both. I, 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 once again, one of the one of the functions of a pilot episode of a series would be to introduce the characters. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, this does d- does do that extremely well. Uh, it, yes. it tells yeah. us something meeting this same Cyclops it tells us something about both these characters in a really yeah. succinct way by contrast you know so we've got Xena uh, gets by him with basically you know hilarious violence she uses her shotgun yes. to, to let <laughs> his trousers <laughs> fall down yeah, <laughs> um, yeah she, and it's obviously a really amazing amazing special effects over. as well yeah, and it and it's it's um it's not CGI. It's just done with, no, with perspective. It's just done with him standing much closer to the camera than they than they yeah. are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she she, she makes his trousers fall his down, trousers which fall obviously down. makes him collapse to the ground. And then he just lies there crying. Yeah, actually, just crying like a child <laughs> with his bad teeth, as he as you say, prosthetics yep. to the fore. 
Bad teeth because he's defeated. a Yeah. A cyclops defeated by his own trousers. Yep. Hoist by his own... No, doesn't work. Um, Leotard. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, the way the way Gabby gets past him is by talking her way out, which is something we've seen already in the previous. Yeah, but she does she actually manage. On, she really thinks on her feet as well, doesn't she? Yeah, she she turns on a sixpence. Oh shit, that isn't working. I'll turn it. I'll try it to my advantage else. a different way. Yeah, I'll try something else. Yeah, so she's she's good, you know. Uh, like this whole journey that she's following, Zena on, you know, obviously yeah. extreme lots of. There are sort of many, many opportunities for her to come a cropper in this, but she doesn't. She gets yeah. to Amphipolis the same as Xena, but in a different way, in her own way. Yeah, she she hit she hitches a ride with uh, with an old guy. She plays dead to to get him to stop. Mm. Tries to um, say, "Give me a lift, and I'll tell you tales of of Oedipus the king." Um, and he yep. doesn't want to give her a lift, but as soon as she hits something he's interested in. She lets him tell her about it. She yeah. again. She kind of turns it round to her advantage. Yep. Um, and so she she gets she gets her ride to Amphipolis to to follow Zena, where Zena has gone to find her mother. old life. Yeah. Well, her, her mother. mother. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, that we've skipped past the part where uh, idiot Hector, if that's his name, Hector, he goes Hector, to yeah. he goes following Zena, and <laughs> um. There's like four of them in a in a line. Oh yes, <laughs> there's like four of them in a line, with, uh, following one behind the other. Xena lets leaves her horse and goes into the trees, and oh, then fun, one by yeah. one, it is so hilarious and ridiculous. Just drops down onto each of their horses and one by one picks them off and throws them off their horses. Meanwhile, the kind people of, kind of almost almost plays leapfrog with them. Yeah. Meanwhile, the people like five riding five feet in front do not hear the guy going, (laughs) and then being tossed off his horse and landing heavily on the ground. (laughs) Well, look, we've we've seen this in other shows. If if something happens out of shot, you can't hear it. You can't hear it. Yeah. Um. And then she gets to Hector, and she does. This is the first example. This is why I wanted to go back to the first example of, um, her trademark um, poking them in the throat and then saying I've just cut off the flow of blood to your brain you'll be dead in 20 seconds if you don't answer my questions and then questioning yes, them I'd, I'd right? forgotten about it and I, I actually laughed out loud yeah. I mean, you know, no offence no offence Hector but I just <laughs> laughed I was like oh, I'd forgotten this bit you forgotten she does this shit um, and yeah. I'm going to just every time she does this okay so we're starting this in this episode every time she does this I intend to record uh, time it Okay, because the twenty seconds okay. is absolute yeah. bullshit. Okay, there are sometimes when it's almost it feels like a full minute before they actually finish talking. Yeah, did, so, so I did timed you time it this from. One? Yep. Cool. So I time. So I'm gonna time these from. There's always a little the same, um, sound the same sound effect that they put on. I think it's three three jabs to the throat, yeah. isn't it? It's kind of. Yeah. Couple of jabs of throat. It's not always the same. It's just so random. It's just like she just pokes near his throat okay. and lets the sound effect yeah. do the work, right? So when you hear that yeah. little sound effect, you know, oh, she's done a pressure point, and now there's no blood going to his brain, right? Okay. So how long and was this? So one? on this occasion, twenty four seconds. Twenty four. He did. So, he did. Yeah, you should have been dead four seconds ago, mate. It seems to me that the dead in twenty seconds it means. You've got basically you've got around twenty seconds to start talking, but once you've started talking, you've essentially infinite time. 
Okay. <laughs> That's how it feels. So That's 24 useful. seconds. So 24 seconds on this occasion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right. And then as you said, Gabriel the next scene is Gabrielle trying out her bard stuff. So like this is yeah. her this is the reason why, by the way, the podcast is called Bard's Eye View. First of all, because it's a pun. Ha uh-huh. And secondly, because Gabrielle is a travelling bard. Or um, aspiring to be one at this point. Yeah, aspiring to be a travelling yeah. bard, but that's her that's yeah. her main shtick and like Yeah. Um for so a the, long the time. The warrior and the bard. Yeah. For a long time that is her that is her function. It's her the, identity in, as well. In isn't the partnership. It? Yeah, and it's her identity. Yeah. 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 Um, and so she tries out her bard stuff, right? And the, the one thing that I've made a note of, she says, uh, one of the things she's trying to get him, when she's trying to get him to go, she says, I can sing. And I would just like to say, I have seen the musical episode <laughs> from season three, and this is a lie. Yes, okay? bless you, but no, you can't. Bless you, Renny O'Connor. No, you can't. That's why they had to recast your singing voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they did, they couldn't even get someone that sounded like her. Anyway, we'll get to that when when season three comes around. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've made a note here. The Amphipolis work song is actually one of my favorite parts of the soundtrack. And as you said, this is the more of your sort of Bulgarian chants, isn't it? It is. It is. There, there was a really famous, um, kind of in in its own way, a famous choir um, of this this really extraordinary sound, this Bulgarian folk singing, and it's it's women singing in a in a way that it kind of sounds painful it's um mm-hmm. i kind of want to say open throat but that, that i know that's open to all kinds of abuse <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really close harmony and it's got this slightly raw sound to mm-hmm. it um and i say these these peculiar um unexpected rhythms um yeah I can I can tell you more about that later if you like, which I know none of okay. you will like. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good. It's a it's a it's sort of a, an iconic sound of the of this yeah. series, and and this is obviously is connected very strongly to Amphipolis, where Athena's is from. Yeah, um, that there's it, it actually does give a sense of of place to it. Yeah. I think. And then she goes into the tavern. And lo and behold, who is it? <gasps> it's Mummy Dearest. And my note here is Zena's mum is hot. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't think so when I first saw it, but I think she is quite attractive actually. Because um, as you know, uh, your 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 older woman has got I older am into, through the I am into old women. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like she stayed the same age, and I've got older, and now she's within my. Yeah. She's yeah. now within my. Um, in your wheelhouse. <laughs> she's in my window. not in a melissa etheridge come to my window sort of way (laughs) but you know i've got like there's a there's a sort of um what's the word i'm looking for window yeah you know and a a range she's in my range now she wasn't when i watched it when i I was 13 we we all all know what you're saying we all know what you're saying yeah we all know Um, we're saying that i like older women yeah okay yeah okay okay and any any other notes on that scene other than Zena's mum's hot. Not really. Well, uh, other than the fact that um, she rejects, obviously, as Draco earlier had told her would happen, she is rejected by the people that she wants forgiveness from. Yeah. Um, which I think is probably to be expected. You know, yeah, if you've gone is. away, fair if is. you, because you know, the in the backstory, you know, we'll get into this more. I think the the backstory of. Of how she became a warlord gets gets revealed later on, but basically the backstory yeah. is that uh, a 
a warlord was going to come and destroy their village, a different a different warlord, and she organized a defense of the village. Yeah. Um, and I think successfully defended the village, but a lot of people got killed, including her brother. Including her younger brother. And Lysias. then she went off. Like she managed to successfully defend the village, but they didn't destroy totally the warlord. Off so the rails. Yeah. Well, she went off with these people, and like her idea was that she was going to. She had to go and defend her. The re- the way she would defend her home would be by proactively killing these other best, warlords, the and then she sort offense. of became what she hated, sort of thing. Oh, the irony. Yeah. So um. We cut back to Draco for a minute when he's actually established as being a good tactician and an extremely dangerous character and he kills mm. Hector for being incompetent. So this is something to note as well that he's that he doesn't that you know suffer he fools gladly. he doesn't suffer fools and he's and he's got his own sort of code of honor that he works to. He's saying that yes. you've given me no choice. You've given me no yeah. choice to but to do this now, so now we must do it and he fights him sort of honorably. And yeah. doesn't kill him until the guy looks like he's about to do something do dishonorable. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so then we cut back to we cut back to Xena and the villagers and they're all like, We want you to get out of here. We know that you we you know, Draco's basically said to his army that they have to go in holding Xena's banners and make it look as if to the villagers that, that they're being yeah. destroyed because of her. And they come in to try and yeah. run her out of town, right? Um, and she basically says, right, well, go on, hit me. I'm unarmed. Hit me then, because they're all holding rocks. And then they hit her, and then she got this sort of shocked Pikachu face as if, what? I didn't think you would hit me. (laughs) (laughs) It's got that whole woman who voted for leopards vibe. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't think they'd eat my face. No. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Like, she does look really surprised that they've actually... Like, she goaded them into hitting her, and then when they do, she's like, what? What? No, what? This isn't what I expected to happen. Yeah. (laughs) But then Gabrielle leaps in and saves saves Xena for the the first time of many, saves Xena by being a real chatty bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just, like, she saves her by basically talking them, like, basically boring them into letting them go. And and actually, Zena Zena looks as surprised by this as she as she did by the fact she was getting stoned in the first place. Gabrielle turns yeah. up and and starts doing her her spiel, and and Zena has this real what the what the fuck what the fuck I left you behind in the what, last what village. Now? Well, wait a minute, aren't you the one I said don't follow me? <laughs> she was like, don't follow me. You don't you don't want to make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You know, real incredible Hulk style. I say you're thinking of someone else there. <laughs> Um, and then so I, you know, I think we've got we've got two more key scenes yeah to look at yeah so so first what of all are we, they? We're gonna, what are they then Sam so, tell me <laughs> well let me tell you so the first I think is Zena goes to see her brother when they when they leave the village after Gabrielle's talk talk their way out of the inn she says oh, where are we going now Zena says we're going to go and see my brother and seeing her brother means going to the mausoleum or the crypt, whatever it is, and there's yeah. a, a a coffin with uh, her brother's armor and his weapons laid out, and it's it's kind of a shrine, 
basically. Yeah. And she's talking she's talking to him, saying, I, I went to the bad and now I'm trying to now I'm trying to put things right and says to her, her dead brother, It's it's hard to be alone. <laughs> and um Gabrielle with typical um sensitivity as as being lurking <laughs> in the doorway, eavesdropping, kind of steps in and says, You're not alone. <laughs> And, um, and surprisingly, Zena doesn't stamp yeah. her. Yeah, and so surprisingly, Zena <laughs> is not pissed off by this, but just smiles softly as if to say, yeah, I'm not alone. And you're like, yeah. hmm, this is a very strange and sudden turnaround from you. <laughs> I'm not alone, despite having made it very clear that I'd like to be. <laughs> 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 but I, I had made a note th- through the, the first few episodes that I've watched that is Zena is much softer at the beginning than, than I'd remembered and, and than I expected mm. her to be. There's a lot of kind of doe-eyed stuff going on and some, whether it's how they decided it was going to run or whether it's actually the character experimenting with how soft she can be and how quickly she wants to go back to that old mm. life. But yeah. yeah, she's much, much softer than than I'd kind of remembered or than I'd expected her to be. So that, I think, is is a key scene, that she allows herself to be vulnerable with Gabrielle and allows Gabrielle to give her that some measure of comfort from that. Yeah. Her comfort, here, here's where it starts. Um, and the other, <laughs> Her and comfort the other brackets, emotional, close brackets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the other key scene is this really iconic fight on the scaffold yeah in the in the barn so it's an it's a real set piece a you know this beautifully choreographed fight where they're they're fighting on bamboo scaffolding because hey they had bamboo in ancient greece um, of course they probably nicked it from china in on one of their many trips yeah to, to ruin the chinese mythology <laughs> that's true yeah um <laughs> so so yeah, it Draco is absolutely pick, Draco picks a, ridiculous. So it's a face. It's a face-off between Zena and and Draco. It's the final showdown. Yeah. One of one of us will will die, and the other will, you know, take the spoils. Yeah. Um, and the arrangement they come to is Draco will pick the weapon. Zena will set the conditions. Draco picks staffs, so the old fighty staffs. And Zena says, "We're going to fight on that rickety scaffolding made of <laughs> polished bamboo." <laughs> <laughs> Um, which leads to this really nice scene of kind of aerial combat and lots of jumping. And basically, Xena invented many, many things. And one yep. of the first things is parkour. So there's some, <laughs> there's some really nice parkour going on here. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it is so ridiculous and yeah. also so entertaining, which I think is just the show in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, it gets more so, and more ridiculous as it goes on, like... The scaffolding obviously starts to fall apart, so then they end up, you know, just perched on the edges of the scaffolding, and then and the then scaffolding, on, and then on the support posts. Yeah, and then eventually and then on the audience's shoulders and heads. On the heads of the villagers. <laughs> so Draco is the first to initiate this. He runs across people's heads, and they go, yeah. oh, oh, rhubarb, rhubarb. <laughs> See, there's a lot of rhubarbing in this show. And Zena follows suit, and in the in the post sound edit, there's someone edited in going, "Come on, Zena, walk on me." And yeah, I think yeah. Th- that's that's many been many a man's fantasy. Um, I bet step those, on me. It's been it's been many a woman's fantasy as well to have someone well, step yeah. on them. 
let's be fair. Did did you spot um, the most ridiculous thing? What the bit where the bit where she uses a, a villager's head as as, as, to, as to like pole vault on in order like to pole vault a, onto plants yeah, a staff plants the on staff the top down of some on their pole. head. I know. How was that how was that woman not dropped like a stone? How was her neck not snapped? Yeah, exactly. Well, because that doesn't these things don't exist in Xena unless they do. You know? Yes. Unless they do and they yeah. <laughs> mostly they don't, you know. Um so I mean I, this is what I wrote. It gets a tiny bit ridiculous towards the end. <laughs> But the rule is that the first just one to the touch end. The, just towards the yeah. end. The rule is that the first one to touch the ground will be the loser. Now Draco looks like he's going to fall, and then one of his sidekicks, one of his men, um, uh, rushes up to him and pushes him back up so he doesn't fall. Right. So that's yes. cheating. Yes. Obviously, that's a big yes. cheat. Yes. And then when it looks like he's going, it's going to happen again. And uh, the guy makes to go and do the same thing, but this time Gabrielle trips him up. Ha ha ha! So he's not nice. able to cheat. Yeah, so Gabrielle and helps. Again, it's a nice little comedy moment as well. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten how good a comedic actor, uh, actress Renee O'Connor is. I think there's some really yeah. nice light touches, you know, surprisingly light touches for this very hammy <laughs> kind of show. Yeah, for this extremely hammy, low-budget show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's sort of better than it has any right to be in that, Absolutely. In, from that yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so that's it. Draco loses the fight and he kills the guy that... <laughs> he kills the well, guy he, that would try to con- cheat. He concedes, but the at the last minute, one of his... one of his Is it the same henchman? It's the same henchman, yeah. Goes to and throw an axe or throw a knife or throw an axe, I think. Yeah, he goes to and, try and kill Xena and... And the, the moral code that we've already seen established for Draco kicks in mm-hmm. and he takes his own guy out rather than have him break Draco's word for him. Yeah, and then just sort of casually goes, a deal's a deal and walks out, which is cool. You know, so I think that... um, And kind of hot. And kind of hot. And kind of hot, you know. Um, (laughs) Like, uh, if I... I I suppose I'm like 99% lesbian and the 1% is Draco. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of an exception. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the one exception. (laughs) <laughs> if anyone's in, if anyone's in contact with Jay Lagaya, put the word out. No, not Jay Lagaya, Draco. Oh, Draco. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. So, yeah, my mistake. No. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, afraid not. Afraid not, Jay. You don't get that. You yeah. don't get any of this. It's only, it's only in your Draco form. Um, <laughs> and then, so then we, you know, then we have our play out scene. Our, our walking <clears throat> into the sunset. Well, no, we've got the mum. They they got the wee sweet moment with her mum first. Oh, okay, yeah. Where, I think I stopped you know, taking notes hug. by that point. Well, <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think it's good, right? Because previously, in one of the scenes with her mum, uh, she'd said, you know, look, I've changed. And the mum says, do you really think just saying that can make up for all the things you've done? Mm. And the, I think that one of the things that we establish is, in this episode is that no, it doesn't. Yeah. Because just saying it didn't make up for anything. It didn't change anything. It was through her actions that she was actually able to make some slight effort towards redemption with her mother, with her with her townspeople, and so on. Um, So you're saying you're saying deeds, not words. Yes. So Zena Zena invented suffragettes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) See, she invented everything else. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I know. I think that's a major theme of the series, actually, uh, which progresses all the way through. 
and even to the very final episode, which actually I can reveal this now. I, if we ever do get to the end in this podcast, it will be the first time I'd ever, I've ever watched the the season, the series finale, the season six finale, because yes. I've never I have never watched it because I know what happens and I don't want it to happen. So I've made sure it didn't happen for me by never watching it. By not by not watching it. Yeah. yeah. But one day, if yeah. we get to this point, uh, that's that is my that is my promise to you, dear listener, that if we ever do get to the stage in this podcast where we reach that season finale, mm-hmm. series finale, I will actually watch it. So there's um, your incentive to, to keep us going. There's your incentive listeners. to keep us going. The, is that you'll the, force the chance me to watch... of putting putting one go through some emotional trauma in <laughs> yeah, um, about three years time. Yeah, exactly. So... Long build up, slow build up. But you know, <laughs> yeah, great payout. <laughs> so she says that this is like she's still trying to kid on to Gabrielle that she's not allowed to stay at this point as well, and mm. she's like, but eventually they come to an understanding. She's gonna Gabrielle's gonna get to stay with her, and she's like, you can. She tosses her a bedroll and says, you can sleep over there, point to the other side of the fire. And my note for this is, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Like, sleep. <laughs> yes, we'll sleep on opposite sides of the fire. Wink, wink. So we will. <laughs> the the famous bedrolls of fanfic oh yeah so overall overall I think actually an extremely good pilot episode like one of the best it introduces everything it's got characters themes there are things there are things in this episode that will be called back in the future yeah Yeah, Um, lots of things I think the villain of the week was really good like one of the best villains they have Absolutely. He does come back. I get a couple of times I think he's back. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he recurs. But like for for like a warlord of the week, he is a really really good one. Um Yeah. And we'll see that actually in the very next episode. The next warlord of the week is far inferior like in every way. Oh yeah, rubbish. He is a much shitter warlord of the week. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, did did you so, did you cop did you cop the the last the closing um exchange of this episode so having having spent the beginning part of time with gabrielle saying no you have to go home no you're not coming with me no you, i'm going to take you back um xena mm-hmm. thanks gabrielle for, for what she's done and, and gabrielle says well that that's what friends do and xena concedes and says all right friend well yeah friend so in inverted commas there yeah special friend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so you know, so we're already seeing that that progress, yeah. which obviously we know we're going to see because what what is Zena without Gabrielle? Nothing exactly. Well, yeah, she's she's Gabrielle. She's Gabrielle is Zena's friend in the sort of like you and your special friend can now dance together at Disneyland, sort of, sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah. Okay. So my rating for this episode, uh, nine out of ten. I think this is a really, really cracking opener. It's not the best episode of Xena ever. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the best ones. I would say. Yeah, so I'd, I'm gonna I'd go agree for with that. I'll go nine. nine out of ten. So I'll go nine. Cool. So the bird's eye view is that it is a nine out of ten <laughs> episode. Um. So those of you who are listening to this instead of watching the episodes, what's you wrong don't with need you? To now. And What's wrong with you? And um, you should watch this one. This is one that you should watch. Defo. Yeah. Defo. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, good. Right. That's us for this week. Um, 
Tune in again next week when we'll be discussing episode two, uh, Chariots of War. And if you have spoilers, any, uh, it's not question- as good as this episode. No. Um, if you ha- if you have any questions or, or comments or anything you you kind of want to pass on to us or ask us about, um, don't forget you can do that on Twitter. We are at Bard's Eye Podcast, all one word, and one yep. one or more of us will try and remember to look at that. Well, I will because I'm the one who set it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be Wonko. It'll be me. Uh, basically, every everything, you know, your work your work for this podcast is recording it. Yes. And before and we, chatting. you know, doing doing the art and the music, art. which is a which both of those are a one time thing. My yeah. work is recording it and editing it and remembering to run our social media and posting it. And oh, you're so good at all that stuff, though. You're really yeah, good at it. I'd be rubbish. I was. I was saying to my friend that you know I'm moaning about it, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm too much of a yeah. control freak to allow you to edit this. Yeah, and and this way it, it gets done. <laughs> Yeah, that's another <laughs> true. Uh, right, okay. So that's us again for this week. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.